Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Kuf Yud. We're going to go from the fifth last line of Kuf Tes Amud Beis 109b. Today's shir is Le'ilunishmas. Le'ilunishmas Tzvi Ben Yehuda. May the Shama have an aliyah and his memory be a blessing. And so, by the way, we met. Yeah, well, not by the way. Yesterday we were discussing. We know that Gezel Aker, if someone steals from a convert, and then he has to. Um, he takes a shvua, denying it. Okay, and we saw Rashi said then subsequently the ger does and he admits to taking a false shvua, he has to pay that money to the kohanim. And we're discussing if it was a kohen who stole, could he keep it? Or does he have to still split it amongst the kohanim on that mishmar? So that, by the, once we discuss that, we're now going to discuss some further points along those lines. So, Todd Rabbonu, we learned in Hebrew, if you have a coin coming to offer his own sacrifices, he can come along and offer his sacrifice whenever he wants. Generally, what, is, what, what are we telling that whenever he wants? Generally, only the Kohanim who are working on that Mishmar, whose service it is that week, can offer the korbanos. But if it's a kohen bringing his own korban, he took a netter to bring a korban, or he did an avera that he now has to bring a korban chattas, etc., he can bring it whenever he wants, even if it's not his mishpah. So how do we know that? Talmud loymar uvo b'chol abbas nafsho v'shoreis. He can come whenever he desires v'shoreis and serve in the Beis HaMikdash. Now... The Gemara, now, now this question, on the surface it sounds innocuous, but we'll see why it can't be. It says, How do we know that he gets to keep the, literally the, its service and its skin, its hides, which Rashi points out, Avoda means its meat, Kohanim get to eat the meat of Korbanos. Generally, again, I would let's say that if someone brings a Korban Chattas, all the Kohanim would split the Korban Chattas. Here, he gets to keep its avoid. He gets to keep the flesh. For Oira and the hearts, also similarly, would be split amongst the Kohanim or the Mishmar. He gets to keep it. So how do we know that? Talmud Lomar, ish eskadoshob lo And to the man, his kodshim will be his. Now, the Gemara asks, what's an example of this? Now, what do you mean, what's an example? This is why I said it's a, on the surface it seems like a very uh, straightforward question, but it can't be because we then ask whole case, what's the case? <coughs> Based on the flow of the Gomorrah, the case is pretty obvious. It's coming to teach us that if a Kohen comes to offer his own Korban, even when it's not his Mishman, not only is he allowed to do it, he gets to keep all its parts. But, so what do you mean, what's the case? And if you're going to see, it's going to be a strange case, not one you would have taken as the straightforward case. So that's why the Rosh... Um, Interesting, yeah, the Rosh, not the commentary of the Rosh, the Pisk, uh, the Rosh, we have at least two, maybe you'll say it's three commentaries of the Rosh. There's the Rosh in the back of the Masechta, which is a halachic work. Almost he goes through the, he'll bring you the main points, similar to the Ran in the Rif, or Bult on the Rif. He'll bring the main points of the Halacha, and then he'll... Or the main point from the sugya, and then he will tell you how to paskin the correct interpretation, how to paskin, how far to take it. So that's the one commentary we have of the rosh. And if it's just called, as far as I remember, that just we call that the rosh. Yeah, maybe there's another word for the rosh. Then we also have toys for sarosh. The rosh was from the last. I mean, in era-wise, he was from the last of the Balei Tosos, 
the last of that school of thought from the Tosos, which start with Rabbeinu Tamrash's grandson in the 1100s, and goes all the way to the Rosh, which is, I'm trying to think if that's around, I think early the 1300s, around the 1300s. Um, so he has a commentary, well, not a commentary, he has what's called Tosos Arosh, which is a lot of different sages from those schools wrote their own Tosos. We have Tosos Rabbeinu Peretz, Tosos Harosh, Tosos Rashmi Shantz, um, Tosos Chachmei Anglia, Tosos from the English scholars. Um, they different collections of the great sages who learned in those yeshivas and put together, so often they'll overlap. You'll have the same question and then you'll have the same answer or you'll have a second answer or a Tosos might, in one Tosos might leave it unanswered and another Tosos will suggest an answer. So it's very nice. It's like they often complement each other, but that's the Tosos Arash. And then on like Baba Kama, there's in the Shittu Mukubetes, there's another commentary of the Rosh. I don't know if that's Tosos Harosh or almost a, or a running commentary of the Rosh, but that's where this commentary So The Rosh here points out, he says, the Torah has already said Vishores, that a Kohen who's, can serve whenever he wants. And it also says that the Kohen gets what he is offering. So why do we need this third pasuk of the holies belong to that man, to the Kohen. So that's what the whole Ketzad is not asking, Jerry, what's the case of us? What's the standard case for a Kohen? The whole Ketzad is coming to ask what is the what's the special case that this posuk is added that this third posuk is teaching us, what's the drosha and then so just to understand the next piece of the Gemara, the answer is basically we're going to be looking um, for two main criteria, the first one is can the Kohen make another Kohen a Shaliach now remember he can only make someone a Shaliach if it's something that he could do. So if you have one Kohen who can offer the Korban, he can appoint another Kohen to offer the Korban. And then the second aspect is you can have there's, there's almost two parts to this that we're discussing, is offering the Korban and eating the Korban. You can have a Kohen who, for example, uh, a, a Kohen with a mum, he's not allowed to do the temple service, but he can eat from the Korbanas. Or you can have a Kohen, we're going to discuss a very old, frail Kohen, who could, you know, get by and do the Avoida, but he can't eat from the, from the Parban. So, tying that into the first point that I mentioned, they can, remember, you can only be a Shaliach for what you can do. So that's what we're going to go into. So he says, okay, so what's the case? And as we said, what's the special case that we need this third possible to teach us about? It says, Im Balmum. If the Kohen was a Balmum, so, and he's bringing his own korban. No, it's not a koin. Shabbat is a mishmar. He can give it to a koin of that mishmar. The avodosov and he gets to keep the avoida and the skin, the, the flesh and the hides. The im Again, because a baumum can't serve. So that's why he has to give it to a koin of that mishmar. You see? 
Over here, right there. Yeah, he can't give it to any Kohen he wants because he can't really appoint a Shliach because he can't do the temple service. So that's why he has to give it to the Mishmar, the Kohanim who are on duty then. However, according to eating it, he can choose that he gets to keep it or he can give it to someone else to eat because that he is able to do. The if he was elderly or sick, he can give it to whichever Kohen he wants to do the temple service. Well, because that's an elderly coin or a sickly coin could do that. However, the service, the flesh and the hides go to the men of that mishmar. Again, because he can't eat it, so he can't claim it. What's the case of this elderly man or this, sick, this elderly coin or sick coin? If he's able to do the avoid, well then why can't he keep the, the, the flesh and the hides? The Eid, the Lomati Ovid, Avoider. If he's not able to do the Avoider, Shliach Hechi Mashvi. He can't make someone else a Shliach. Remember, you can only make a Shliach for something that you can do. So, Amar Papa, a Papa answered, Sheyochalasus Aliyadad Chach. No, he's in the state where he's able to do it with difficulty. If someone does the temple service, even if it was very difficult with them, it counts. And therefore he can appoint a shliach. So you have this old frail kohen, and he's going to, uh, what, hobble and struggle, but he's going to manage to do the shlitta and go sprinkle the blood on the base on the mizbah. Even though it's a huge struggle for him, that's te- it counts as temple service. It says, however, what happens if you eat all your day you can't you're not really hungry, but you force yourself to eat? It says well that's considered That's not counted as eating. So so this kohen, you can't eat, he's sick and he can't eat. To force himself to eat it doesn't count as eating. So he's not able to consume his korban, therefore he can't appoint a shliach in it. That's why the avoider and the hearts go to the Anshe Mishma. There's just an interesting toss. I don't want to go to the whole detail. The, it's a, I mean, it's an interesting discussion. I don't want to go through it now. But he actually breaks it into two levels of achilagasa. One, like, doesn't count at all, and you're a Russia if you eat, like, a korban like that or something. And so that's how real achilagasa is to the degree that you, the, the idea of food is actually repulsive by that point. That's, uh, sadly, we do probably can conjure up thoughts when that's happened. But that's the that's real achilagas where the food's actually um, repulsive, but like to you because of how that wouldn't count at all. But then there's even a slightly lower lesser level of achilagas when you're very full and you don't need food and you don't feel like food and you force yourself to eat. Um, okay, uh, I guess that point only makes is only interesting in light of the discussion. Why it also bring that up? Okay, so I shouldn't. Have. Um, let's go on to the next point. Omar Rav Sheshes Rav Sheshes says, "Imo yokain tama b'kaben tibur." 
If you have a kohen who's tome doing the, kob, the communal offering, he can give it to whoever he wants. Uh, he can pick the kohen. Um, he can pick the kohen. However, the flesh and the hide go to the men of the mishmar. Now, to remember that a kohen, you can a kohen who is tome can offer a communal offering. However, he can't eat. So here we have, for whatever reason, it will come out through the sugya, this coin who was Tomo became the one appointed to offer, I don't know, the Korban Tomid. So he can offer it, because even though he's Tomo, but he can't eat it. So now we can translate that into our whole discussion. Oh, so he can appoint someone in his place to offer it, because you can appoint a shliach for something you could do, but he can't appoint someone to eat it, therefore it will be split amongst the kohanim of the mishmar. So now, hey, chidami, what's the case? If there are other kohanim of the mishmar, how could he do it? And if you going to tell me that there are no other Tohar Kohanim of that Mishmar, how can you say that the, the, the service and the hides go to the men of that Mishmar? They're all Tome, and they can't eat. As we just said, granted, Kohanim can, who are Tome can offer communal offerings. They can't eat them, so there's no one to eat this Kohanim. So Amarova, Rafa answers, Eima Lebale um Aima, you should explain it as the Bale Mumim Tahirin Shabaisa Mishmar. He gives it to the Bale Mumim who are Tahar from that who are Tahar in, in that Mishmar who are Tahar. So all the Kohanim, so it comes up that basically what we're saying is that all the Kohanim who are doing the service are Tomei, therefore let him do the service, because anyway it's going to be a Kohen Tomei who's doing it. However, the Bale Mumim are the ones who are Tahar, so they the ones who get to eat it. Omar Abashi says, What happens if the Kohen Gadol was, was an Oinain? So now this is again interesting. Generally, a Kohen who is an Oinain, Rashi goes through the Droshas, I'm not going to do it now, but um, a Kohen Gadol who is an Oinain can offer a Korban. A, a, a regular Kohen who's an Oinain cannot even offer a Korban. He does avoid in the base of that's in that. However, Kohen Godel can do the Avoidah. Um, he's just not allowed to eat from the Korban. Remember, an Oinain is someone on the first day that their close relative dies. Um, so, a ko- so, so this Kohen Godel, what state's he in as an Oinain? He can offer a Korban, but he can't eat it. So now you can predict. He can appoint someone in his place to do the offering, but he can't appoint someone in his place to do the eating. So again, we have a coin bringing a coin god who is an oinam bringing his personal korban. mishmar. He can ask. He can appoint any specific kohen to do the avoider, just like he could. However, it's flesh and it's hard. Anche mishmar go to the anche mishmar. Ma'ikamach balan. What's it coming to teach us? Tanina, did we not already learn in a mishnah? Coin god or makriv oinam va'ena oichel. A coin godal who's an oinain is not allowed to eat, can offer a korban, but he's not allowed to eat it. And not only that, he, he can't even eat it that night. There's an opinion that Aninus ends at nightfall. It's only on the day of the death 
at the time or that a person would be an Oynein, that night is not an Oynein. So the Korbanos that are going to be eaten at night, you would have thought maybe he can't. So this price actually teaches he can't. So, so what's Ravashi coming to teach us? It's a straightforward Mishnah. It says, no. Um, you know, when did the Torah go lenient with the Kohen Godel? That's to actually do the Avoida. There's something special about the Kohen Godel doing the Avoida. So the, coin allow, so the Torah allows this coin Godel, who's an Oinein, to do the Avoida. But we don't allow him to appoint a Shliach. Because maybe he's not really supposed to be doing the Avoida. He's got, a, I guess, a weaker connection to doing the Avoida. And he's not able to pass that on to another Kohen. So Kamash Balan, no, he can even appoint another Kohen as his Shaliach. Okay, nice, uh, nice break from Baba Kama to do some Kodshim, um, to pop into uh, Zvachim for a little bit. Now let's go back to uh, Baba Kama. So Hagoizel is Hagere. Now again, interestingly, we've seen this Mishnah. It's popped up in our previous discussion, so it might sound, some of it might sound familiar. It says, Hagoizel is Hagere. If someone steals from a Ger, and he takes a Shvua denying it, and then the convert dies, he pays the Karen Chomesh to the Kohanim, and the Oshom is offered on the Mizbash. In Emar, as it says, So if the man has no redeemer either, this Ger has no relative. To return the guilt to him, the guilt which you return goes to Hashem, which is given, La Hashem La Kohen is given to the Kohen. I remember we explained earlier on that it's Hashem, it goes to Hashem, this returning this Karen Bechomer, and Hashem gives it to the Kohanim. Milvad Ayelakipurim, except for the Isle of Atonement, which he will atone through it. What happens if he is taking up the money and the Oshom and he dies? So this, this person who stole from the Ger and the Ger died, so he wants to do he's taking up the money to Yerushalayim, he's got this Korban ready to take up to Yerushalayim and then he dies. Akesef Yinotei Lebonov, his sons inherit the money. And the Oshom, you leave it to graze until it gets an injury and then you sell it and use the money for a voluntary offering. An Oshom that owner does. Yeah, this is a principle that comes up twice in the stuff, so I'll just mention it. We have five chatos that are left to die. Five korban chatos that you have to leave to die. And one of them is if it's owner die. Whenever you have one of those cases that if it was a korban chatos, you would leave the korban to die, basically lock it up and leave it to die, then... If it's an Oshom, you leave it to graze until it gets an injury, you redeem it, and you use that money to buy voluntary korbanos. So that, so this Oshom, whose owner has died, you can't offer it, so you leave it to graze, and its money is used for an adoba. So again, if this person who's supposed to return the money to, the, give the money to the Kohen for his uh, theft, dies before giving it to the Kohen, 
it goes to his heirs. I'll explain this all to you, but let's just see the next point. What happens if he gave the money to the Anshay Mishmar and then he died? This thief says, the heirs are not allowed to take it. As the Pasuk says, If the man gives it to the Kohen, it remains his. So that is the law. So what are we saying? Firstly, we're going to see from here that giving the money to the Kohen is part of the atonement. Therefore, you've done part of your atonement. Oh, let's, yeah. And therefore, you can't take it back. So this money, when, when the Ger dies, the person who's holding on to the money, we discussed this yesterday, it becomes his. However, and however, he has the mitzvah to do tshuva and get atonement by paying it to the kohanim. So as long as he's alive, he has that mitzvah, and even though theoretically it's his, he must still pay it to the kohanim. And again, once he's paid it to the kohanim, then it remains the, ko- the kohens. Again, of that mishmah. Then, the, um, however, what happens if he dies before paying it to the kohanim? The kohen? There's no more concept of kapora. A dead person doesn't have this concept of kapora. And therefore, his, as we said, the money really belongs to him when the ger dies. So now that the thief has died, the money goes to his heirs and they can keep it without paying it to the kohanim. Okay, now it says, not in case of now, just two names of the Mishmar. So, Mishmar, remember there are 24 Mishmaros. Mishmar number one is Lehoyoriv, Lehoyoriv. And Mishnah, um, Mishmar number two is Lehoyoriv. So, the first week is going to be Lehoyoriv. And the second week is going to be um, Lehoyoriv. So, just keep that in mind. So, not in case of Lehoyoriv. If you gave the money to Lehoyoriv, and then the following week you gave the Korban Osham to Dayo, Yotso. You fulfill your obligation. What happens if you gave the korban to Yahoyoriv and the money then the set following week to Yedaya? If the Osham is extant, still around, you give it to Yedaya, the second group. You penalize Yahoyoriv. You don't say you wait for your next turn to watch it. You lose out. I give it to the second group. The im law, if not, he has to bring a second Osham. Why? If someone brings the thief, the, the theft, he returns the money before bringing the Korban Osham, he fulfills his obligation. However, if he brings the Korban Osham without having returned the money, he does not fulfill his obligation. If he paid the Karen but not the Chomesh and then brought the Korban Asham, he fulfills his obligation because the Chomesh does not withhold it. So this last point of the Mishnah in one line is that you have to pay back the money before bringing the Korban Asham. Again, this is where someone's taken a false word denying having stolen, etc. And when they admit to the false word, they bring Karen Chomesh for Asham. It has to be Karen, then Osham. If it's done the other way around, they don't fulfill their obligation. Okay, Tonera Bonin. We learned in um, Tonera Bonin. Now we're going to just focus on the Posuk. So just to, uh, the, the Posuk was brought in the Mishnah, but it's Ve'im, Ein Le'ish Goel. If there was no Goel to this man, to this Ger, Le'heshiv Ha'osham, to return the guilt. The Osham that you're returning 
goes to Hashem, which goes to the Kohen. Mivad Kipurim And this is excluded besides for the the Isle of Atonement. So When the Posuk says Osham the guilt, that's referring to the Keren. And Moishiv is referring to the Chomish. Oh, Maybe the Osham is referring to the Isle, the actual Korban Osham. What difference does it make? At the end of the day, we know he has to pay Keren, Chomesh, and Osham. So what difference does it make? Which word in the Pasuk, if the word Osham is referring to the money, or the word Osham is referring to the Korban? What difference does it make? He says, no. Lafuke midur rova, because it could exclude from rova. To Amar rova, rova says, gezel If you return gez, um, theft at night, you don't fulfill your obligation. If you fulfill it in parts, you don't fulfill your obligation. Because my timer, Osham, the Torah calls it an Osham. Just as a Korban Osham can't be offered at night, you can only offer a Korban in the day, and you can't offer it in halves, you have to offer the whole Korban Osham. So to this money has to be given in the dead one. But again, that's only if you learn the word Osham, is referring to the money. If you learn the word Osham is referring to the Korban, well then you don't have this Joshua. So Keshuhu Oyme Mivar Ayla Kippur. Now back to the prices. So we said Osham is Karen, Moishev is Chaimesh. How do you know? Maybe Osham is the Korban. So he says, no, Mivar Ayla Kippurim, Haleomer, Osham Zekaren. It already speaks about besides for the Korban. So Osham must be referring to the Karen, the money. Tanya we have another Brisa. And all along similar lines, similar teachings, but they are teaching different things. Another Brisa says, Osham Zekaren, Hamoishev Zekhoimesh, or Eino Elo Osham Zekhoimesh. We said that the, when it says the word Osham, that's referring to the Karen and Moishev is the Chaimesh. Maybe the word Osham is referring to the Chaimesh. It says, Lamayin Afkim, you know what difference does it make? Lafubu Imigmi and Nisin, Titna, Nosan Esa Karen, Velo Nosan Esa Chaimesh, Eina Chaimesh Ma'akeh. Because this, to exclude from our Mishnah, which teaches that if you pay the Karen and not the Chaimesh, the Chaimesh is not essential. Adar Abba. If you're going to tell me that Chaimesh is the word Osham, Chaimesh Ma'akeh, then the Chaimesh would be essential. So we need to know clearly that this word Osham is referring to the Karen and not the Chaimesh. In the previous Pasuk it says he will return his Osham Perosho and its fifth. We see clearly that Osham is referring to the Karen. Tanya Idech, a third Brisa, Osham Zeh Karen, a Moishev Zeh Chaimesh, Osham is referring to Karen, Moishev is referring to the fifth, and the whole Pasuk is discussing Gezel Hager. How do you know that maybe Moishev is not referring to the Chaimesh and Gezel Hager? Maybe it's referring to Kefil, the double portion you pay, and it's referring to someone who did Geneva from Hager. Again, remember, Gezel Hager, there's Karen Chaimesh for Osham. Geneva would be Karen or Kefil, a double. So he says, how do we know that that's not what we're talking about? Um, when it says in the previous Pasuk, he will return his guilt at its head and its fifth. Clearly, the Pasuk is clearly speaking about money that you have, the Rosh, the primary. So if you're speaking about a Karen and a Chaimesh, you have the primary. But if you're speaking about Kefil, you have two of the same amounts. 
So that's why uh, I think that's the drosha. So therefore, um, it comes out that there's actually no returning the money by Gnevis Hager. It's only Geza Hager that we have this concept of paying the money to the Kohen. Um, okay, good for Amarava. We brought Rava. Cheers, man. Have a good day. We brought Rava, who mentioned above. Gazal Hager Shehiziru Belayla Lo Yatsa Hiziru Hatzayin Lo Yatsa My Taima Oshem Kru Rachmana. So Rava mentioned that if you steal, if the if someone steals from a ger and he tries to return it at night or return it in part, he doesn't fulfill his obligation because the Torah calls it an Oshem. And now we're going to have some other teachings of Rava. So the Gemara hasn't really added anything into this quote from Rava, but now it will bring other teachings along these lines. So for Amar Rava, Gezel HaGer She'en Bo Shove Pruta, the Kol Kohen V'Kohen, Lo Yotzidei Chavosa. If this person's coming to return theft of the Ger, but he doesn't have a Shove Pruta to each and every Kohen, he does not fulfill his obligation. It says the Oshom which is returned, the guilt, either can which is returned, there has to be a din of returning to each coin. Remember, there's no din of returning something or paying someone if you're paying them less than a Shove Pruta. So, um, so it's got a 24 uh, No, 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 because remember, it's the Kohanim of that Mishmash, so it could actually be much are, more. How many are there? Oh, it depends. So what would he do? So let's say he stole a... Um, I don't, let's just say one rand is a pruta. I'm sure pruta is probably a bit more close to five or ten rand. But let's say one rand is a guy. And he has to return a hundred rand. But there are two hundred kohanim of that mishma. Yeah. Or even there's a hundred and one kohanim of that mishma. What's he going to do? So Rashi, interestingly, he says he adds in money from his own. I saw the Rosh, the same Rosh I quoted earlier. Um, not the Rosh in his halachic commentary, in the other commentary. has a whole discussion he says, but how does that help? You're not fulfilling the mitzvah of returning theft by adding to that, adding gifts to the Kohanim. So that's the... Uh, but Rashi says you add. So if there are 100... So if you only owe 100 rand and there's 105 Kohanim, you're going to have to add in 5 rand and pay that to the Kohanim. That's how Rashi says you fulfill the obligation. When um, it says... And that's what we're going to say. Actually, Shavu Lekol Kai says, "Boy, Rava." So Rava asked, "Ain bo lemishmeres yohayori veleish bo lemishmeres yidaya." What are very similar to what you are asking, Dennis? What happens if there's not enough money for the whole for a pruta for the yohayori, but there is enough money for yidaya? Right, because there are fewer kohanim in the mishmar of yidaya. Ma what's alocha? So hey, Chidami, what's the case? Ilayma the yoyv leyidaya bemishmeres yidaya. Well, if it's the second week and he gives the money to the group of Yadaya, I when it's their week, well, that's fine. So, Lord Tricha, no, the question is where do Yahweh Yadaya Bishmar so do your Where he gave the money to the Mishmar of Yadaya during the week of Yahweh do we say since it's not their mishmar he's done nothing because you generally have to return the money to the kohanim on that mishmar and here you're returning it to other kohanim so maybe you've done nothing or maybe since it was never fit for Yehoyoriv it would never count as a returning if you gave it to Yehoyoriv it's always going to be left for Yedaya, it's good enough. Take and we leave that unresolved.
Now the Gemara asks another question, and this is based on the premise that when the Kohanim, so the missions, a lot of stuff that's given to the Kohanim are split amongst the Mishnah. Either the Kohanim of that day, the base, or the Mishmar. But now, so, but they're not allowed. So let's say the Mishmar is offered, offering two chattos. Two different people had to bring a chattos. So they're not allowed to say, a coin's not allowed to say, give me barter. They're not allowed to say, you know what, give me your share in this chattos and I'll give you my share in that other chattos. Instead of getting two small pieces of chattos, let me get a decent sized steak and you'll get my share. You're not allowed to barter with that, with the, with what they're receiving from the Mishmar. So now what Rob is going to ask, what about Gezel Aguer? As we said, you return it and it gets split amongst the Kohanim. Let's say there are two people returning Gezel Hager. Can the one client say, you know what, let me take from his property and you take from this Gezel's property? Or, do you, or can you not split like the Corbonos? You might have another problem. One might have enough to pay, another one might be sure. Oh, okay, pay. yeah, assuming that it's, let's just, to keep it simple, let's assume it's the same amount and it's enough for the whole Mishmar. Just to keep it, to focus on the, the key point <coughs> at hand. So, boy, Rav Kahani, man, can I get like there? Can Kohanim split Gezelaker corresponding to Gezelaker? I can I barter with Gezelaker? Do we say since it's called an Osham? Well, just as an Osham, you can't barter and say, you know what, I'll get your share in the Osham and you get my share in this Osham. So to a Gezelaker, you can't. It's money. You can divide money. It's not like a korban. It doesn't have that same level of kedusha. Harapashte, then Rafa answered, Oshom Krirachmana. No, the Torah calls it Oshom. Um, oh yeah, I just left out on the previous piece with the money. So remember the money, he had, he didn't have enough money to give a pruta to each of the Mishmar of Yehoyori, but he had enough money to give a pruta to each of Yehoyori, of Yedaya, the second group. So what he wants to do, obviously he can theoretically wait till Yedaya's week and bring the, return the money and give the Oshom. But Tosos point out, if you learn that he can give it to Yedaya, what you're saying is he takes the money, he gives it to Yedaya, and then this week he can get Yehoyoriv to offer his Oshom because he's ready to return the money. Because you might have, because remember the order is essential, you have to return the money and then offer the Korban. But if you say giving it to a group of Kohanim when it's not their week, doesn't count, well then when Yehoyoriv offer your Korban for you, even though you've paid up the Gezlager, that didn't count, so Yehoyoriv can't offer the Korban for you. And now I was just wondering, um, um, and, and now I, was, I just thought now, so I haven't looked into it at all. But then, what, so it would turn out if you only have Yahoyarid, and um, if if the the problem that we're dealing with, the problem that we're dealing with is where you have too little money, so let's as we said, there are 105 kohanim and you're returning 100 rand, and you give it to them. You haven't fulfilled your obligation to return, so you can't bring your ashram. So if you have like, if you stole too little, it almost seems that your hands would be tied in how to do. I'm like wondering what, unless you have Rashi's solution that you add in money. 
So you add in from your own to make it a hashova. Okay, but let's go back to our discussion. Rav Acher Breder Rav, Masni Lobahedja Rav Acher Breder Rav, taught it as a straightforward halacha. Omar Rav, Rav said, Kohanim ein cholkin gezel hager, keneged gezel hager, Kohanim can't barter with gezel hager, my timer, Oshem Kriya Rachmona, the Torah calls it Rachmona. I imagine, I guess, so one person's return, he stole jewelry from the ger, and another person stole, um, I don't know what else, uh, pots and pans from the ger. So the one coin says, now look, I don't need any jewelry. You take my share in the jewelry and I'll take your share in the, in the cutlery, whatever it is. So that's what he's saying. You can't do that. They each have to get one of each. That's because uh, Gezel Hager is called Osho. Okay, Boy Rovarov asked another quest- question. When the Kohanim received Gezel Hager, are they considered heirs, I like they inheriting from the ger, or are they considering like they receiving a gift? Because remember, actually, the language Tosfos point out here, it can't be rava. I think it's in, um, is it this Tosfos here? No. It can't be rover because rover earlier said that you it, it, it can't be less than a pruta because it has to be a hashav, it has to be a returning, I must be a gift. Because Yerusha, if the father has five sons and he has only ten rand, so they're each going to get five rand. If he has, uh, five, oh, sorry, two rand, if he has ten sons and five rand, they're each only going to get fifty cents. You get your Yerusha, whatever it is, in a share, whether it's a whether it's more than a pruta or less than a pruta. And Matona would make a difference whether you're giving a pruta. So Rav already earlier said that you have to give a pruta. So one of them, Tosas say, um, one of them must be Rabba and the other one Rava. Because you can't have both questions. You can't ask, is it, you can't say it's straightforward, Gezelaker has to be a pruta I because you have to return it. And then have a question, is it a Yerusha? If you're saying that, then it's clearly not. So one of them is Robert, one of them is Rabba. Okay, but, so boy, Robert, Robert asked, are they considered Yerushim or the Makabre Matonas? says, Lamai Nafkemina, what difference does it make? says, because at the end of the day, he still has to return it. No, Kogonche Gezel, Chomets, Shehobar, Lava Pesach. It's where he stole Chomets, and now, the overall Pesach passed. Iomar, Yerushin, Havu, Hainu, Haide, Yarsi. Well, if they considered Yorshim, well, then this is what they were bequeathed to. The Ger had this bottle of whiskey that was left over Pesach. Well, that's what they're inheriting. It's too bad. If it's considered Makabla, if you say that they're receiving a gift, well, if it's well, he's now given, it's, he's supposed to give him a gift, and he hasn't given him anything because it's worthless. So that would be a big difference if it's If you say you have to give a gift, well, then you can't return the whiskey. You have to return something of monetary value because that's not giving a gift. Very similar to giving something less than a pruta. Rav Zeira boy Hachi, Rav Zeira asked as follows. He says, I feel him to like Mekabli Matona Havu. Oh, loy, Iboyla. Even if you want to say you consider them Mekabli Matonas, that's not a question to us. 
Because it's the matana that the Torah told him to give. I what difference whether so the guy again the guy stole a bottle of whiskey from the ger, he took a sure that he didn't steal it, he now has to return it to the Kohanim. Even, okay, if you say to Rusha, well obviously that's what the Kohanim inherit, that bottle of whiskey, even if it's worthless, because it was over Pesach. However, he's saying that even if it's a matana, that's the matana he's supposed to be given. So it makes no difference. In that, so Ella ki kom boilon. When would it make a difference? Kekon shenoflu lo eser behemos begezel aker. Mechayve lafrusha minay maser or lo. If the if it fell to if ten animals fell to the kohen as gezel aker, is he still obligated to separate maser or not? And now it will explain why. It says yorshim havu or lo yorshim havu are they yorshim? If someone acquires it through the estate, they're still liable. If you inherit animals from your father, you are still obligated to separate Master Bahama from them. However, maybe they're receiving a gift. But we learn to the Mishnah. If someone buys animals or they're given to him as a gift, He's exempt from Master Bahama. Oh, so now we have a big, <laughs> it's a big difference, but I can't imagine how many cases this is actually re- relevant, I guess, even Gezel Aguer. But um, what's the Makable Matona? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so, so the, the point is, if if you have ma- if you if you receive ten animals, if it's you receiving it through Yerusha, you still have to separate master behem. You know, when you run them through and you tap the tenth one and bring that as a korban. If it's a gift, then you don't have to separate master behem. So, will these kohanim receive this gez like air? Will they have to separate master behem? That's an argument. So he says Toshma. Come in here, I'll give you... You have to do Maaseh Bahama anyway. They give the birth of Maaseh. No, but generally, no. But as, if a Kohen has ten animals, he would have to separate Maaseh Bahama. The, the owner, doesn't the owner eat the Maaseh Bahama? Doesn't he take it up to Yerushalayim and eat it there? I don't remember. Maybe your notes... Maybe your notes say, but we'll have to check later. But I think it goes. But either way, the key point is if a coin has 10 animals, you'd have to separate Master Bahama, you're saying, and then it's silly because then he's just bringing it for himself. But again, it's, you can also question whether or not the coin's getting from it, does he have to offer it as a korban? Master Bahama, the 10th one, is offered as a korban. Okay, so would you have to offer the 10th one as a korban? So that even if we don't learn about who gets the animal, whether it's the coin or the owner, would he have to? Would this coin have to offer it as a korban? Would the tenth and would he have to separate Master Bahim and offer it as a korban? Okay. So that's the question. So Toshma come in here. <coughs> there were twenty-four gifts of the priests given to Aaron and his sons. And they were all given with a klal pratu klal ubris melach. Ubris Milach. Anyone who fulfills the 24 gifts, it's as if he kept, fulfilled the Klal Pratu Klal and the Bris Melach. What's that referring to? So the Klal Pratu Klal is referring to it as if he fulfilled the whole Torah because the whole Torah is open to interpret to 
expounding through Klal Pratu Klal. That's how Rashi explains. And what's the bris melach? So that's saying it's as if he fulfilled all the karbonos, which it says by the karbonos that they're given bris um, with the bris melach. Bris melach means an eternal covenant like salt. But either way, the karbonos are have a bris melach. So if you fulfill the matnos kahuna, it's as if you've fulfilled Again, these two aspects, Klal Pratu Klal, the whole Torah, or kept the whole Torah, and if you've um, looked after, and uh, and the bris melach, and if you transgress them, it's as if you transgress the Klal Pratu Klal and the bris melach. Okay, the these are them. Eser b'migdash ten relevant to the base amigdash. V'dalad Yerushalayim four in Yerushalayim, the Eser b'gvulin and ten in the rest of Eretz Yisrael. Says Eser b'migdash. What are the ten in the migdash? Chatas b'hema v'chatas ha'ov. The chatas b'hema and the chatas ha'ov. That's the first two. Again, that the kohen gets to eat from their flesh. V'oshom v'adai v'oshom tolu oshom v'adai. There are five oshom v'adai Rashi reminds us of. We've been discussing one, you know, with the oshom oshom gzela. If you steal and you take the false shvur, you have to bring an oshom. But there are four others. Oshom tolu. Remember, if someone doesn't know whether they have to bring a korban chattis, they bring oshom tolu. V'ziv chayshal meitzibur the off the communal shlomim offerings. That's the two lambs offered on Shuas. The log shemen shel the log of oil of the Metzorah, part of his purification process, he brings a log of oil and it's dabbed on his right ear, thumb, and big toe, etc. That procedure. So that's the log shemen shel that and the Kohanim get the rest of it, or Moiser Omer, what's left over from the Omer offering. Ushtei halechem, the two loaves, again of Shuas, the lechem him, the twelve. Showbread, the shire menachos, and the leftover of the menachos. Remember, they, they separate a kmitzah and they burn that on the mizbech, and the kohanim get the rest of the mincha. So those are the ten of the beis hamikdash. Those all have to be eaten within the beis hamikdash. That's why they called the ten of the beis hamikdash. Va'arba al Yerushalayim. What are the four of Yerushalayim? Habakhara, the firstborn offering. Remember, if you have a Bukhar tam, you take it up and you give it to the car, the car, you give it to the coin and he takes it and offers it as a common, but he can eat it anyway in your shrine. Bikurim, the first fruit, the remains of the toida, the Isle Nazir and the Isle Nazir. That's one because they're very similar, as she says. The Moira, remember the toida, the person who offers the toida brings obviously the Korban and forty loaves. Ten, four different, ten of each of four types. Remember, like a matzah, a wafer, a challah, and what was the other one? I forgot the other one. Rocky. Chalas, Rocky. Uh, okay, I don't remember the fourth time. But the coin gets one of each of those, and he also gets the. Uh, what part of the animal, Rashi said? Chazev um, shop The chest and the, and the thigh. And the Ayel Nazir is very similar. The Kohen gets two loaves, a Chala and a Rokik, a Chala and a Wafer, and he, and he gets the Ayel. So those are counted as the Kohen's gifts. The Share, the Oyez Kodshim, and the Hides. Interesting, the Hides of the animals that are offered in the Beis Hamikdash can be taken anywhere. So 
they're only from korbanos that are eaten in the base of Mikdash, Kodshay Kodshim, but they can be taken anywhere in Eretz Yisrael once the heart is separated from the animal. So the Gemara kind of compromises and calls it of Yerushalayim because it's from an animal that can only be eaten in the base of Mikdash, but the heart can go anywhere. That's how Rashi says. Okay, Vasar Begvulim and the ten in the rest of Eretz Yisrael, Truma, Trumas Maser, the part of the grain separated for the coin, Vichala, the dough separated for the coin, Bereshis Hagez, the first shearings, Vahamatonos, and the Matnos, the Matnos Kahuna referred to of every every animal you shecht, you're supposed to give the Zroel Ashaim and the Kaven to the Kohen, Upidjin Aben, Upidjin Petechamor, the firstborn, the redemption of the firstborn, I the five Sloim, the five Shkolim, and the Pidjin Petechamor, that's the redemption of the firstborn donkey, remember you exchange it for a sheep, for a korban, Vestehachuza, this ancestral field, Vestecharomim, and a field donated to the Kohanim, those are to do with, remember, if someone donates a field to the base Hamigdash and he doesn't redeem it, whoever redeems it gets to keep it until the Yovel Yoh, and in the Yovel Yoh it goes to the Kohanim. That's the Steachuza. The Steicharomim. Um, I don't remember what that is. Rashi says, um, yeah, that's a, a Yisrael who donates his field to the Kohanim. The Gezel Hager. And what's stolen from the ger, as this is what we've been learning about, and this is why we bring it here for the 24th one. What have we called these? These are the 24, what? Gifts of the Kohanim. Matonos, Matnos Kohuna. The Kokori Amios Matona, we see it's called Matonos. We see that it's considered receiving a gift. So the Kohanim receive Gevel Ger or not, inheriting the ger, or they're receiving a gift. Let me see what's it on. I was hoping to finish this piece. Let's just see how she is. Let's leave it for tomorrow. Okay. Have a very good day.